Hello and howdy. This is the Hair and the Whole Vibe, a Trend Crim podcast. I'm Balt. And I'm Lou. And this is your reminder that this is not a spoiler-free podcast. We will talk about everything that happened so far on Ted Lasso and anything that might happen in the future, because this podcast is designed to follow Trent Cribb's character arc in season three. Yeah, and uh, today we're going to do um, a little final preparation for season Ooh, three. It's mere um, days until season three is here. We can taste so close, yeah. we can taste it. <laughs> Um, so we want to uh, catch up on everything that we missed so far, uh, go a little deeper into um, stuff we already talked about. Yeah, let's see where all of that leads us. I would say the first thing we should dive in a little more, because we promised that we would in this episode, is narrator trend. Our craziest theory that is already mm-hmm. coming true. Yep. I mean, what we said before is that uh, we think that Trent could be the person who tells us the whole story of Ted Lasso, like maybe even from the beginning on. And I think the material that Apple TV Plus shared, um, that like the, the bonus material, um, could be a clue to that because Trent Krim is the one who catches us up on everything that has happened so far. And he talks about things that he, as a character, shouldn't know, like the personal and private lives of of Roy and everybody else. And He's how does omniscient. he know these things? He actually is an omniscient narrator. I said that as a joke months ago to you. <laughs> and I was right. Trent Crim yeah. is an omniscient narrator. And I mean, the way that works would be that if he gets to know everybody in the club and gets to know all of their stories and then tells these stories to us in the form of the show. So that's why he knows everything or uh, knows at least more than he should know as a character at that point in the story. But yeah, it it seems like he knows everything about everyone. (laughs) It's truly is incredible because we really, this was our most out there theory that Tread Crim narrates the story that he knows about everything that he's aware that he's telling a story and it's already confirmed i mean he is catching us up with the tv show ted lasso as a character he we're already right into the even crazier part of our theory that trent crim escapes the narrative yeah and narrative escaper trent crim is uh, something that's very hard to explain even though it's very clear to me what that means it's just like what I said before, that he's something like a cartoon character and um, he's becoming aware of being a character like that. And I think um, James Lance in one interview described like the specific character of Trent Crim, the Independent, as a persona. And he said that Trent was happy to kind of blow up this persona um, along with his job at the Independent. So uh, he's kind of now clean slate and he's freeing himself from being that kind of character. And so he's kind of escaping his own narrative and it gets so meta and it sounds so complicated, but it just makes sense to me. <laughs> it's so good because I, I always like to also um, connect that to him writing the article about Ted's panic attack because we discussed like the in in the story, the logic behind the Trent's decision to write the article, you know, that he knows he's the only one who would treat 
Ted with respect on this topic, but also on this narrator escaper trend level, he is aware that he is the character who has to do this. The way that Roy becomes aware that he's the person in the team who has to be the leader after reading A Wrinkle in Time, Trent is fully aware he's the character in the story who has to push the story in this direction by writing this article and burning his source. Yeah, because he knows this beat in the story has to happen. Like he has a exactly. feeling for that and he knows this is now, now the next step. For us to delve deeper into um, the topics of mental health, um, and I think that's something that will come up in season three a lot, like I'm sure they will discuss mental health, health on an even deeper level, and Trent knows that he has to be the one who introduces that, and maybe um, from a perspective of um, somebody who cares about Ted and somebody who has experienced that before, but also as a like as a character who is there to seek out the truth and dig deeper um, into the story. Because every character obviously has a function in a story, and the other characters aren't aware of their function in this story that is Ted Lasso, except for Trent. What I want to see is at the end of the show, it's just he closes a book and it's just the entire story of Ted Lasso, the entire TV show was just this book that Trent was reading out to us yeah. this whole time. I watched yeah, this that's... so bad. Like an 80s fantasy movie, but like modern, like it's just very cool. Mm -hmm. The sports book and he closes yeah. it and it's just this whole time. This was a story. <laughs> Yeah, and I I think that even ties back to what Jason Sudeikis keeps on saying, that this was meant as a three-season story. Like, this book is then finished. There's yeah. nothing more to tell in this book. And so that part of the story is definitely over. And, like, spin-offs and all that that they keep on teasing, that could still happen. But the book is done, so there's no more show. There's no more Ted Lasso. Um, yeah, I mean, we had this theory that, um, I mean, there are multiple theories about how season three ends, whether Ted goes back to Kansas or whatever, uh, because at first glance, it seems like, how can the story be over if Ted doesn't physically leave? But if you think about like, okay, so this is a story about Ted at Richmond as a coach, and he can stay in Richmond, just not coach the AFC Richmond maybe we had some theories mm. there but whatever it is it doesn't have to mean that he is completely removed from this community at the end of the story he can stay it's just mm. that this you know Trent Krim for example he, he wouldn't continue writing the book once Ted leaves coaching the club so that makes mm. it makes perfect sense that he's writing this book and this book is this show because it just mm. closes it perfectly yeah, and what I also like about this is that it justifies that parts of the story appear a little cheesy or over the top at times because we know this is a story and it's told from a perspective of someone who deeply cares about Ted and this team and like all the people in it. So we can forgive especially a character like Trent for being cheesy and a little bit dramatic. I mean, this is perfect. Like you said this last episode that where, where we talked about how this new pro this uh, new bonus material is like a rom-com trailer. And it's so funny mm -hmm. because Trent started as a cynical character and is now narrating a rom-com trailer, essentially. Mm -hmm. It just fits perfectly together. Like, yes, he would write this book in a kind of cheesy way because he's so deep in this 
TED world now and this TED mentality mm -hmm. now. Yeah, and I also think it will help with the ending, whatever it's going to be, like um, if it's going to be Ted going back or Ted um, going back to Kansas, but then returning to Richmond again, because he realizes that, I don't know, like my personal theory is that this is also his family now and he can't just abandon them. Like whatever the ending is going to be, um, there will always be this level of this is the way Trent wanted to tell the story. So we can believe that and buy into that ending, but we can also make up, make up our own minds and say maybe it went differently or maybe some parts of it um Are you weren't. introducing unreliable <laughs> narrator Trent Krim right now? Yes, I am. Unreliable narrator Trent is insanely good. I mean, unreliable in the way that, of course, he's still seeking out the truth because that's just who he is as a character, but it's a truth that's very, like, rose-tinted. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, like, some, uh, some I mean, way to look at Ted that's very benevolent. We see this already in his article in episode three, that nobody mm -hmm. expects to be written like that, and it's just genuinely reads almost like a public love letter. Like, mm -hmm. it's very borderline, like, just very personal and it just does not feel like whatever he was sent there to do like to write mm -hmm. and i can absolutely imagine the like at the end of season two that that trend we see there writes the most ridiculously cheesy cutesy story that he mm -hmm. that anyone would ever write yeah and i love that for him and he deserves Baby that girl. honestly after after all the cynicism that he was yeah. kind of forced into he deserves to just be cheesy and a little bit over the top and just kind of romantic in a you know like Jason Sudeikis said romantic but not in a necessarily yeah. romantic way <laughs> yeah that I mean we talked about this too that Ted Lasso is a rom-com but not necessarily about a relationship is there more to say about narrator trend I mean I probably I mean I, we can talk probably. about narrator trend we can make a whole podcast just about narrator trend but I think I think that me we probably communicated our feelings and thoughts about narrator trend and kind of narrator escaper trend enough to move on to Trent's daughter mm -hmm. Trent's wonderful little daughter yeah the way she's introduced is so wild to me I've talked about this before but that she gets dropped into that conversation with Higgins and Rebecca like at the end of season one that implies so many different things like it implies that Trent and Ted met outside of the press room they discussed their personal lives. Trent maybe somehow introduced his daughter to Ted. Like, Ted seems to know her personally because there's something about him promising her cookies for her birthday. So Trent's daughter and Ted have met before. And all of that gets thrown in there, like, in one and a half sentences. And that's it. And that's just so wild to me. It is truly wild. Because I personally like to believe that his daughter and Ted just have a bond already. Like they're like the reason Trent gets pulled so fast into Ted's orbit is because his daughter absolutely adores him. And I just think that would be mm -hmm. a lovely thing to see in season three. Like just that little girl just absolutely adoring um Ted, who I believe outside of Henry doesn't have much contact with children except for the one episode where they go to a school. And I just think it would be good mm -hmm. for him to have a child that just loves him around yeah the reminder that you know he's good with children he loves children yeah yeah and also because there's this 
little scene um, or this cut in the scene at the restaurant in Tranquility Independent where we jump from them ordering food to them then receiving food so we yep. know there's a time jump and my personal belief is that Trent used that time to try and pry out more information from Ted and probably brings up his son or something and then Ted just casually asks back because he treats this not like an interview but he treats this like a normal conversation with somebody he like he's getting to know he probably would have asked back and do you have children and I can imagine Trent being so stunned by that question that he probably just answers it and talks about his daughter and i would love that like God, yeah. ted knowing from from very early on that uh trent has a little daughter and that he adores her probably because like he wears this little bracelet um that yeah. he probably got from her i i just love the idea that ted asks about trent's if trent has children and trent like can't help but like gush a little bit about his daughter because he loves her so much and it's like the first glimpse that ted got into mm -hmm. like trent as a human being as a person as like someone vulnerable and i'm sad that we didn't get it even though i don't even know if that happened but i like i like to believe mm -hmm. i like to believe <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes but so yeah i would love uh, for the daughter to be around in in season three and just in general for us to find more about Trent's personal life and how he ended up being what I assume like being a single gay dad because there's a story there for like for sure I mean there are so many theories about Trent's like family situation like why he has a daughter and there are you know there are hundreds of theories does he have a partner a husband a wife a boyfriend a girlfriend did he have this daughter with someone who's passed away or did he have a messy breakup or divorce or um is it maybe someone in his family had a child they couldn't take care of that he then adopted as his own is mm. she just adopted in general did he adopt yeah. her as a single a parent or back when he was in a relationship it's absolutely insane how many theories mm -hmm. they're floating around yeah and i love reading fanfic because so many people tackle it completely differently like there's no like common ground there's no fanon consent on which version it is and i on one hand i like that i like that there's so many different versions of trend crim out there but i also think it would be kind of cool and interesting to see which one it is then like what happened there i mean it's even entirely possible we don't even find out like that the show mm. shows us the daughter and you know maybe shows us at least if he's single or not but it's entirely possible we never get a backstory that that's also out there yeah that could be it's just it just does, doesn't align with my uh, theory of uh, Trent and Ted talking about being uh, parents yeah. and uh, relationships because that all ties together and uh, I, I think if it comes up in the show if Trent and Ted talk about what it means to be a good father there would probably be some talk about where like where's her mom or was her other parents yeah i really i do really want that conversation mm -hmm. to happen but again this is just what we want to see and we have no idea if we get it because we are <laughs> no. talking ourselves into multiple corners here and we will never get a full episode where we actually talk about everything we wanted this way we are now doing a speed round 
one minute we get everyone gets like a sentence of of something that absolutely is still occupying our mind that we haven't talked about yet and we can see if maybe one of us is like really eager to talk about something that we bring mm-hmm. up right now so i'm putting one minute on the clock and okay you can start if you want go uh james lance wearing a dorothy t-shirt with the red shoes on a red carpet event very good the little cheer move that trent does in that one episode when ted makes a bring it on reference yeah, uh, the Shakespeare quote in in uh, the pub scene with if music be the food of love, play on, give me excess of it, followed by Trent. Amazing. Uh, the bicycle. I want to see him ride a bicycle in Amsterdam. Oh, yeah. Um, James Lance saying in an interview that at the beginning of the show, um, Trent isn't being authentic like Ted is, and that he sees Ted being authentic and he wants to be... Uh, it, it sets him on a path to be brave about being himself. Roy and Keeley's press room flirting, mirroring Ted and Trent in the press room. Oh, yes. Speaking of mirroring, parking lots and the significance they have to Ted in romantic relationships. <laughs> I wrote that down too. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I still have one more. but <laughs> okay. Put, uh, okay, All right. You get one more. Okay, um, James Lance using she pronouns and they pronouns for Trent in interviews. Unhinged. Unhinged behavior. We can dive into non-binary Trent too. I mean, there isn't that much here. I think we actually even mentioned that he has non-binary swag before. But there is something about the Uh way James Lance uses pronouns for this character that is absolutely wild for just, you know... And uh, an assumed cis character, he just mm-hmm. all over the place with the pronouns. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, like in one instance, I'm pretty sure it's just a typo. In the other, I'm pretty sure he just tries to be inclusive and forgets he talks about Trent for a second. And it could mean nothing. It probably means nothing. But honestly, non-binary Trent Grimm is so real to me. And I think um, it should be for all the trans and non-binary trend crim girlies generally full out there. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. God, the the parking lot scene. Yeah, I wrote that down too. The fact. God, I wish I had written down who who I first saw pointed out. But the fact that mm-hmm. the final scene in season two kind of looks like the story that Ted tells about how he met Michelle is. Mm-hmm. absolutely wild and it could be a coincidence yeah, yeah. but in the show I'm not like I, I don't like dismissing everything as a coincidence right away because they're pretty smart it could still be one but I don't like dismissing it and it feels so significant like this is this very emotional story that Ted tells when they when you know they officially break it up about how he met her and they were the only mm-hmm. two people in this parking lot and they just immediately clicked mm-hmm. and then like a season later, end of the season, he's again alone in a parking lot with another person who he has like this report with. Mm-hmm. And it's also because this show loves its parallels. Really? And with Keely and Roy in the press room and uh, Keely Jones, independent woman, mirroring Trent Krim, the independent. And then also the Keely and Roy parking lot scene that is yes. also linked to totally forgot about that, but yeah, about Michelle, yeah, they love their parallels. And what does it mean if not 
that we should see this parking lot scene in line with the story about Michelle and Ted in the parking lot and the moment of Roy and Keely in the parking lot. It just feels so obvious, but again, it could be our brain rot, but the show is not big on coincidences. The show doesn't mm -hmm. do things accidentally. And also, I like, this is maybe getting a little bit um, too deep into things, but the parking lot as kind of an in-between space like we're not in richmond anymore mm. but we're not in the outside world it's kind of an in-between where like there there's a lot of possibilities there and you don't know where it's going to go yet i don't know if there's something there but i was just oh thinking God. about that how that's a kind of interesting space to have these important moments in like, like it's kind of a sliding doors moment where you could go either direction and now, yeah. this is getting into spoiler category, but we know some episode titles for season three. Mm -hmm. And before season three starts, maybe we should address the, to us, most obvious and most interesting mm -hmm. one, which is an episode that is coming later in the season called We'll Never Have Paris, which is a Casablanca reference. Casablanca! Mm -hmm previously exclusively referenced by our very own Trent Krim and the pub scene. Mm -hmm. And we talked about it before that he chose this sort of romantically charged line to approach Ted. But now we have another Casablanca reference, which could 100% still apply to Trent. I think I told you this before. Um, not sure if I talked about it somewhere else. Uh, I think this could be a kind of a double storyline episode where it's on one hand about Sam and this whole Edwin Akufu thing about uh, Edwin Akufu trying to get Sam to join uh, his Casablanca team um, but on the other hand uh, Trent and Ted and like this reference that they had before so uh, I think this like heavily hints at this episode being about missed chances and Sam not going to Casablanca, maybe he will somehow regret that at a later point. Or maybe he, like, it will come up as um, a thing where he think has to think about if he missed a chance there. And if it goes back to Trent and Ted, what does that mean for them? I mean, my favorite theory... I don't want theory... to answer that question because... I will. I will. <laughs> I just love thinking of yeah, it do as... That as Good. Trent accepting that his feelings for Ted are not being returned and he accepts that you know in Casablanca the two characters the famous line will always have Paris is about how you know they they had this brief time where they were in love and they were pulled apart and now that they found each other again it's too late for them and Trent comes to terms with the fact that they never even had that. They never even had this brief time together because his feelings are just not returned. So they will never have Paris, but he yeah. eventually accepts that. I mean, that's why I didn't want to say it because it makes me kind of sad. No, I think but I, 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 I like to like... think that he's okay, like that he really makes peace with it. I, I like to think of it as sort yeah. of a bittersweet on a pleasant note ending thing. I, I think I could be content with uh, Trent being in unrequited love with Ted. I think it it's, depends on how it's handled, and I trust them with it. 
it's still gonna make me sad but then again a lot of parts of this show make me sad and it yeah. still brings me joy part so. of it. <laughs> yeah, and i think part of this. it would be like a lovely little story to have going on in the background that one character is pining for the lead and it's fine yeah <laughs> it's just part of life so. sometimes you fall in love with your friends and sometimes it doesn't work out mm-hmm. would be lovely and I think especially uh, Ted is one of these characters who's like, you know, a little bit in love with all the people around him. Oh, yeah, a, a lot of it. Yeah, a lot. But once again, not necessarily in a romantic way. Yeah. God, I love this show. But to take it back out of the sad pining <laughs> elements of our thoughts and theories, let's go back to the more pleasant trend being kind of unhinged and really Mm -hmm. kind of adorable and secretly a lot of a mess actually yeah i we never mentioned it and i don't understand how we didn't yet but we also didn't have time to talk about it yet (laughs) it's a tiny little moment in episode three season one trend from the independent where they sit down to have dinner and trent goes like he he takes his hand and like karate chops the bread in half it just goes little tradition and yeah. Ted looks at him with this incredible face of like genuine surprise mm-hmm. it's one of my absolute favorite moments because at this point Trent is still like trying to be Trent Krim the independent the serious mm-hmm. journalist but for some reason he chose to let Ted into one of his weird little like idiosyncrasies like this mm-hmm. weird little thing that he does he says little tradition which implies like a lot like okay with whom where did it come from what's the backstory here but he doesn't elaborate he just does it like it's a perfectly normal thing to do and even ted is taken aback by that because it's his first glimpse into trend as like a person with a life Mm -hmm. and with like weird little quirks Mm -hmm. and then also the line let battle commence let battle commence like he is so odd and i love that it's great because Ted sees this as a, a fun little conversation between friends and getting to know Trent Krim. And also, like, he's still aware that this is an interview and that he um, does this because it will end up in a paper and he wants to, like, impress Trent, maybe, but in, like, his small, subtle way that he does. He is aware that uh, this is not just a pleasant conversation, it's also still an interview. But... The way that he does it, I think, lets Trent somehow forget at least a little bit who he is and what he's supposed to do there. And he's all out of sorts. Like, constantly he catches himself in that whole dinner scene and doesn't know what to do with himself. And try like, every time he's startled or flustered, he tries to go back into his journalist thing and asks, asks questions or takes notes. But he never really fully gets back into it. And that's why he leaves so quickly as well, because he just doesn't know how to deal with this anymore. A hundred percent. Like, he didn't leave because he genuinely had to leave. He left because he was like, if I sit here any longer, I'm losing my mind. Yeah, I mean, deadlines. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) That's, uh... (laughs) yeah. That's wonderful. The fact that we got to watch Tread being, like, turned by Ted into like a ted supporter is absolutely incredible this entire Mm -hmm. scene we can talk about the scene for forever but it's just a gem a gem Mm -hmm. in the show 
I mean, this scene and also the whole episode and the whole interview yeah. process is so textbook what it means to be overhauled by the Ted Lasso yeah. way. Like, we said this before that Trent is speedrunning um, <laughs> Rebecca's arc or literally everybody's arc of being yeah. sold on Ted. Um, and we see that happening in real time and it's so beautiful. Even tying that back to narrator crim, uh, the narrator Trent Crim, that is so cool that we see this effect that Ted has on people in the most detail in the character of Trent, and that would make sense if Trent is the POV character or the one who tells the story. True, a hundred percent true. And also, I would just love to have another scene that's kind of like a date or date coded like oh. this one is. Yes. And where it then becomes obvious that for Trent, it really kind of is. But it becomes obvious then that it's not for Ted, at least not in that way. Yeah. And it would hurt, we, but we I would love need, to see it. We need a mirror scene. We absolutely do. Another yeah. dinner scene. Like I said, this show loves its parallels, and yep. I'm praying for a parallel for this one. Yep. I think that that truly now wraps up everything, or most of the things at least, that we wanted to talk about, that we wanted to get out before season three comes, because season three is going to finally tell us if all of our theories and all of our brain rot were true. Mm. And if and... James Lance's wishes come true. <laughs> Yes, all of his wishes about uh, being set on the right path and uh, like being his heart being blown wide open <laughs> and uh, going on a little adventure, all these things that James Lance has said in interviews. Um, I hope they come true. And also, um, I read somewhere recently um, that apparently um, in season three, all the episodes are 50 minutes long. Oh, yeah. And so that's 12 episodes, um, 50 minutes every time. I know they have a lot of story to tell, especially because I read um, about so many characters that are being highlighted this season and new characters being introduced. So there's a lot of story to tell about all of that. But still, with these 50 minutes, they have so much time to also tell Trent's story and give us a yeah. satisfying um, ending to that because like I said that before that so much that Trent does happens off screen and like all the changes he goes through and I would even like uh, for for him to look back in conversations with other people in season three and tell us a bit more about how he got to where he got to because yeah. Like we said before that it's kind of a weird thing for a show to tell and not show. But if any character should get to do that, it's Trent. <laughs> that is so very, very true. I hope that this comes true, that he tells us everything because he already does. We already have experienced this. He is the character to tell and who inspires people to tell rather than show. Mm -hmm. We talked about this before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And... There's this there's this theme about or like this um this thing that gets introduced by Ted when he talks about his father and says I wish I would have told him more mm. like what a good dad he is what he means to me and I think that's also something that Ted needs to hear 
from the people who have who, whose life he changed that yeah. they tell him what a what an impact he has had on them and for Trent to go you have changed my life I have become a better person because of you I think that would be so meaningful in so many ways and him collecting like all of these things the players and everyone around Ted has to say about him in a book and it's just this book is just a huge love letter in any yeah. way you want to define love mm -hmm. to Ted yeah I Beautiful. mean not just not just uh the love that like whatever kind of love Trent has for Ted but like every single one in exactly. Richmond has for him because like if Trent goes around around and talks to all these people about the club and about what Ted means to them and then collects all of these little like uh, bits and pieces and puts them into this book and for Ted to be able to read that oh my oh. heart gets warm when I think about that I, that Ted would that deserve is, that so that, much that is my final tiny wish that maybe it's the book that inspires Ted to choose to stay that seeing mm -hmm. how much everybody cares about him and how much they think of him as family mm -hmm. is why he realizes that running away again is not the solution yeah all right i think that brings us to the end of this episode i think that is it we want to thank david hyde for the music and Mikino salome on tumblr for our beautiful cover art also again and again and again thank you everyone for listening and hanging out with us we see all the little messages you leave us it's it's really wonderful every single time so if you want to talk to us about anything we talked about anything you think about trend you can find us on tumblr at crimcast.tumblr.com or send us an email at crimcast at gmail.com because as always we, we love, love our, our chats, chats.